Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the podcast that's made especially for people who work in the commercial real estate sector. My guest today is Bernie Fernandez. Bernie has run his own design and build business for over a decade in Melbourne, where he delivers a range of commercial fit-out projects. Bernie is someone I met when I moved back to Melbourne in 2019, and I was always really impressed by his positive attitude and his genuine interest in helping other people. With that in mind, I thought he'd be a great guest to get on the podcast. And during our interview, he certainly shares a lot about his philosophies towards success. Before we start that interview, I am excited to share some news that I've just revealed to the CRE Success mailing list in this past week, and also to my network on LinkedIn a couple of days ago. I've developed a new online membership product, which will provide a platform to deliver live Q&A and coaching, pre-recorded training content, and an exclusive curated community, especially for people who work in commercial real estate. I've built this product based on the feedback I've received from people telling me that there is a lack of existing resources for people in the industry who are looking for coaching, mentoring, and training that will help them advance their careers. So this is the gap that I want to fill, and I'll be bringing in others to provide additional support to members of the platform. I'll have more to say about CRE Success membership on future episodes of the podcast. One thing that you should know now, though, is that a small number of founding members will be offered a special introductory price before the membership is open to the general public. If you'd like to know about that offer, make sure you get on our mailing list. That's the only way that you'll be receiving that offer because I won't be offering it anywhere else. To get on the mailing list, just head to our website, CREsuccess.co, and enter your email address when prompted. For example, if you enter your email to download our free ebook, you'll automatically be added to the list of people who will be invited to join our membership community. That website again is CREsuccess.co. Now, if you are listening to us after we've launched CRE Success membership, don't worry. You can still get on board exactly the same way that I've explained, and I promise the membership is still amazing value. The only thing is that the special founder pricing is only available to those people who join us from our mailing list in November 2020. All right, for now, stand by. My interview with Bernard Fernandez of Aguero and Sustainable Strip Out starts in 30 seconds. Join pioneering landlords and property managers using technology and data powered by the leader in commercial property management software, Released. Born in the cloud, Released gives you centralized management of your portfolio with instant access to client and lease information across property managers, landlords, accountants, and tenants. With Released Smart Automation, managing single to large multi-tenanted properties with complex outgoings is a breeze, driving real-time insights so you can make proactive data-led decisions. Visit re-leased.com. To find out more. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Bernie, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Hey, good day. Thanks, Darren. I want to ask you about your elevator pitch because at the start of each episode, we do ask all our guests to step into the virtual elevator and to give us their 20 to 30 second introduction. So, Bernie, who are you? 
Well, uh, I'm Bernie Fernandez. I lead a business I found about 10 years ago. It's in the complex commercial refurbishment and construction space. We do things like design and construct, uh, and we deliver projects across uh, a broad range of sectors like office, industrial, and large format retail, which are my personal favorites. And personally, I'm, I'm passionate about building and building business and problem solving. Awesome. So how did you actually get your start in commercial real estate? I, uh, I always wanted to be an architect when I was young and, uh, and dreamt about building, you know, uh, office towers as a, as a kid. So I, I pursued the uh, career of architect and I knew that RMIT architecture was the best university you know, we had in Melbourne. So I, I put folk, uh, the focus on and, and went for it. And I got there and I realized uh, when I was there that I was really good at being technical and engineering and, and great at uh, practice, but uh, not so much at being creative from an architect's point of view. So uh, I found myself pretty quickly employed in a fit out business. And it's funny, I, I, when I was there, I just found this immediate sense of fulfillment and purpose. So I, I just simply loved it. So I think it was through through early employment in fit out how I found myself in commercial real estate. So you were working for somebody else. And then, as you've mentioned, you've got your own business. So what motivated you to, to start your own practice? It comes from less of that poetic, romantic story about always wanting a business and probably more about a, a, from a story of going through employment and jumping from one employer to another uh, after I guess I came to an end of, of what seemed like the right amount of time. It's almost like... I started in at one level at the at the bottom and, and then learnt everything I could from one place and then got bored at the end and found myself somewhere else. I think it's probably therefore an, uh, an unhealthy mix of curiosity and hunger that just kept me pursuing the next thing and I found myself in business. And what is that, that hunger for, Bernie? <laughs> I don't know. Like, whether it was, I don't know, the pursuit of happiness to use that that, that movie title, uh, um, just more. I, I always wanted to go that next step. And it might be, you know, if I reference, it's been referenced by a lot of people that those uh, kids of immigrant parents have that hunger. I don't know, maybe it's part of that. My parents being, you know, uh, immigrants here, just got this striving need to get the next thing, you know. Um, and did opening your own business, did that help you find that next thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's almost the never-ending story, another movie reference. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, I, I haven't come to a single point, in, you know, in this entire journey that I, I've been able to have my cup filled and, and it just keeps going. So it's fantastic. I, I, I love it, you know. Um, as I said to you before, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. So there just seems to be that next problem and that next problem. I, I haven't met a business owner yet that uh, hasn't got a problem to solve, so, so yeah. So what have you found as being the keys to being a successful business owner? I've found that, and this, this, is com this comes from learning, so it's, it's not exactly, you know, I've, I've found these out for myself, but that getting the recruitment right and people is super important. Uh, strategy and execution is extremely important and, and cash management. They're, they're, the, they're four things that, uh, you know, every business owner will probably reference. And, and to give you some context, I guess I kind of look at recruitment and cash management as 
uh, in the context of another movie reference, but the, the Matrix experience that Neo has when he sees the Matrix finally. When, when you get the people part and the cash part, all of a sudden you can, you can kind of see what, what's happening in front of you. And, and then strategy and execution, it's effectively just deciding where you're going to go with your people and, uh, and marching towards, towards that destination. Oh, I love that. I think, um, you know, I think back to a job that I applied for, which was a big role. And I talked about how the strategy was to treat the people right. And then everything else would fall into place. And it's, it is kind of like a, a virtuous circle once you get all of that moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So as the founder of Aguero, which is your business, I think that you would have an affinity with other founders. So how does that influence the marketing of your business? Mm. Uh, you're right. Uh, I, I feel that there is a secret connection between founders, whether we're in, uh, in a business deal or, uh, sense or not. On the other hand, you know, I'm one type of personality and, and to say that there's an affinity between every founder, that's, that's almost saying that we're all, we're all the same. It's, we're not like, there's often times that, you know, I'll encounter an opposite uh, from, a, from a personality point of view. But I, I think there's, a, there's certainly a deep found respect between anyone that's gone through similar challenges, similar journeys. So I think respect is probably the, the, the essence of that connection. I also find it obviously easier than most to connect and understand another founder's vision and purpose and culture. So that really helps us in the workspace design point of view, just getting that understanding right and getting that the founder's strategy. Um, and I guess all of that, you know, to, to borrow another quote, you know, reduces friction to increase traction. All of that just comes at a, it comes easier to me and, and allows us to, to move forward quicker. It makes sense. Hmm. Moving along to uh, your industry, which is the design and build industry, it's a very competitive industry, as anyone who works in commercial real estate and has dealt with uh, a project would know. So how do you differentiate yourself in the market? Well, there's probably two parts to that. I, I guess from a relationship point of view, I, I focus on being as genuine as I, as I can be. And um, that can come at a cost because potentially, as you, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm not exactly the the conservative type um, that may come across unprofessional in some in some circles uh, in a conservative industry like commercial real estate. I do my best, obviously, but I, I am focused on being genuinely who I am. I guess I'm prepared to deal with uh, the fact that maybe some of the, some results or some, in some instances it, it may work against me. On the other hand, I think it's really important, and what we're focused on is that. I believe we believe that the relationship aspect is going to diminish in our in industry. So we're focused a lot more on inbound uh, business. And from that point of view, we're working really hard to get our positioning communicated well. And, and in, in effect, that allows our broad expertise uh, to be communicated as well as it can be to our, our target segments, I guess. I'm also a really big advocate of, a, of something that a fellow by the name of Ray Dalio says, and he goes, um, it's really important to have radical truth and radical transparency. And, and that's a principle that we're pushing through our positioning and our, uh, our messaging. Before we explore a little bit more of that messaging and that truth, you said something there about relationships being less important moving forward. So can you mm. just explain what the philosophy is there and why you've got that, that opinion? Why I've got that opinion? I spend a lot of time in, uh, from a strategy point of view, going back to your, you know, the, the keys to business, I guess, a lot of strategies trying to pick obviously where you're going and what the future looks like. And, and, my, and my gut says that 
we're likely as a as a species to to move towards trusting data more and more and therefore not depending on a uh, relationship connection to to make decisions which is so prevalent in real estate i believe the inbound element versus the outbound in our business in commercial real estate is uh, inbounds just so underutilized it is it, in comparison to any other industry it is uh, it, it's laughable and and you know what it's it's not unusual for me to say that from a lot of people's point of view i guess because even at rmit you know 101 in history it's been the case since the dawn of human civilization that construction and property has been the slowest moving innovating industry in in you know known to man it's literally the last to innovate. So unsurprisingly, you've got other industries that are competing on, you know, Google or SEO or so, so, so many other sophisticated mediums. Construction is still reliant on relationship. It just doesn't make sense. You've brought something to mind for me, which is just about the use of content marketing and about digital marketing in general, which isn't so much used in our industry, but is obviously been used for many years in other industries and Perhaps that is an opportunity for our industry to create those inbound opportunities. Is that what where you're coming from? Kyle? Absolutely, absolutely. I'll give you uh, something that you can uh, grab some evidence from right now. If you jump online to Instagram and look at the number one the, 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 or the top real estate uh, businesses in Australia and compare their followers to, I, I know I know of an, uh, pets that have more Instagram followers than than some of the top businesses in property and construction. There's untapped potential there. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's my focus. Going back to your question, you know, how do we differentiate? I think the inbound business, uh, it's about positioning, expertise, and getting that message out. Well, speaking of positioning, you've launched a new brand recently called Sustainable Strip Out. Can you tell me about that and how that aligns with your, your brand and your values? You're right. Well, that's exactly uh, uh, a, an example of our thinking. Sustainable Strip Out we recognise even before the crisis, so we started working on this a year and a half ago, um, it's, we're aiming to dramatically lower the cost of strip out and provide a significant donation to charity of the, of, of the client's choice, not of our choice. And we do that by diverting and repurposing construction waste from landfill. So there's three elements there, which is I'm so excited about. Obviously, economically, it's a most, much more cost-effective way to do something, in this case, strip out where we've got social procurement or social responsibility element looked after and where we've got sustainability ticked off as well. We found that from a purpose point of view, I guess, I'm able to move into something I've always been curious about, which is that contribution. So we're, we're able to donate 100% of profit from these activities, which, which is awesome. It's in effect a, a non-for-profit. So we're, we're currently sitting on $10,000 to $15,000 worth of donation for every thousand square meters. Obviously, from a we initially initially approaches from a uh, environmental standpoint. For context purposes, it's really hard for me to explain what the tonnage of waste looks like. But just to let you know that every CBD, Melbourne, Sydney, uh, from what I can tell, is burying itself in fit out waste every five years, and that's just a CBD strip out. It's pretty scary. And just for our listeners who aren't so um, familiar with uh, some of the construction terms, strip out is just talking about when an office is refurbished and all of the old furniture and carpet and, and everything else is pulled out of it, right? Yeah, that's right. It's also known as make good too. So it's got a couple of names, I guess, strip out, demolition, make good. Yeah, so we, we've always done that type of work. And even when I was employed 
all those years ago, we we were doing activities that diverted landfill, but it wasn't until last year that I got tapped on the shoulder by a client, Murvac, right? And they made me, uh, I guess, open my eyes to the fact that potentially there's there's a there's a segment of of of, a, of our market that's willing to back us, uh, and they and they told me about uh, this um, initiative that the city of Sydney has called the Building Better Partnerships. Uh, they helped me connect with their sustainability person, Kim Host, and we've uh, we've built this um, this business or initiative from that. Pretty exciting. Well, I can I can hear the excitement in your voice, so I uh, I hope it, it continues to go well for you. Well, it's uh, we're aiming to launch our website by the end uh, in a couple of days, so maybe we'll be able to um be able to jump online there. Bernie, I know you're quite committed to personal development, so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about that. When did the journey for you start in personal development? Well, again, radical transparency here. I'll, I'll it started as a kid. My family were always spiritual. They, I was exposed to meditation very early on. I did these meditation courses as a kid or, or told to do these. So I guess that, mate, it, to answer your question, it started before I can even remember. That's had a profound effect on, on my life, particularly at the challenging times. Uh, but when I, when I arrived in business, I, I realized something or something that became apparent was that the challenges that I faced in business were actually reflections of personal challenges. So again, that personal development part mixes into that fulfillment about business, which we were talking about. And, and recently, I guess, um, another story there is that I had a, had a really incredible experience two years ago uh, with a Tony Robbins event. And since then, I guess we've, I'm, on the, I'm on a rocket fuel charged development path. Yeah. So, so what type of um, personal development resources do you, do you invest in? Well, the Tony Robbins stuff's real easy. Obviously, it's kind of like its own uh, doctrine. But I, I, I'm constantly buying books. I uh, have an Audible account, which is literally getting drained every month. And uh, I also invest in a, in a network called Entrepreneurs Organization. I've been part of this network for many years, and that's business and personal development you know, gains. So it's, it's never-ending. To be honest, it's almost... The question refer, almost refers to the fact that it's a, a separate element of my life. In fact, it's just simply integrated into everything. You know, every morning, every day, there's something that I'm growing into or learning. Well, let me put another question to you. One thing that I've noticed in a lot of successful people is that they are very early risers. And I know that you're an early riser. You're mm. one of the four, four something o'clock that you wake up. And I've never, ever just bought into that. I've always been, I'll get up at around seven o'clock. And um, what is it about being awake before dawn that helps you get more out of the day? A couple of things. So many people I hear about, uh, I speak to everyone we know says they don't have enough time. When you wake up at four o'clock in the morning, you've got a minimum of about three hours before anyone else wakes up or disturbs you. So I, it's not that it's not that hard. I just shuffled over the the seven, eight, nine, or ten p.m. over to the morning where I'm where I'm alone. <laughs> so I um, it's as simple as that in some regard. But I guess what the benefit I get out of that time in the morning. Yeah, I get to work on those personal development things. I mean, a part of it is exercise. Another part is meditation, That having that space, that quiet to do that. Quoting another person, another influencer on, on my life, someone once mentioned that business is the ultimate sport, and, and I believe in that concept. Being in peak mental and physical condition is just a ticket to the Premier League, right? So if you want to play in the Premier League, 
you got to do it. So what is it that you constantly and habitually do that helps you be successful in business? Make sure I get the best sleep I can. That is a, a good seven hours, hopefully starting at about 9.30-ish, 9. Um, I look to win the morning as often as I can, and winning the morning is part of getting those three hours or two, two hours in for myself, exclusively, selfishly, just for me. I read a lot. And um, most importantly, I, most importantly, they're all important, but I make sure that my family and everything else that's important to me gets the best version of me when it's time to do that. Love that. Mm. So Bernie, in your business, you work with a lot of other commercial real estate professionals to you know, share information and build relationships to support their business and also support your business. So I'm interested to ask you what you've observed as being the most common attributes amongst the most successful individuals who you work with in our industry. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll probably pause and just define success for a moment, for a second. I, I think there's, I mean, what has been successful up until today and what I believe will be successful from here onwards in reference to what we said earlier. I think that there is that we need to be able to understand what will be enduringly successful uh, in this current world. A couple of points come to mind. Triple A grade character, you know, this integrity idea. I mean, I know everyone knows the word's been thrown around everywhere in every culture proposition there is, but integrity is, you know, simply just being true to yourself and the whole, I think triple A grade character and integrity leads to attracting great relationships. And that just doesn't mean, you know, business grade i mean that means support teams all of that i think success is tied to hunger there's so many examples of that just you know you get that hunger up turned up to 11 and and you know there's nothing that's inconceivable um i think uh, success is dependent on being a great listener and i know there's plenty of people that have probably said i I've, i need to improve on that and i've been working on it, i promise you and I guess, in, look, enduringly successful requires agility and, and adaptability. And those things take an open mind, innovation or being innovative, being a rule, uh, rule breaker, and I guess an, uh, a nonconformist. So, yeah, I haven't really answered what has been, what's required to being successful up until today. That's what I believe success looks like for, for the future. That's a great answer. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate hearing about your success journey to having your own business, what drives you. And I learned today, Bernie, that you obviously love movies and I didn't know that about you before. So I, I feel like I've learned something too. Bernie, I want to say thanks so much for joining us on CRE Success, the podcast. Brilliant. Thank you, Darren. It's been great. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Well, thank you, Bernie. I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview and perhaps some of what Bernie shared will encourage you to start your own personal development journey. And if not, maybe you've at least been reminded of a movie or two that you want to see. You probably noticed that Bernie mentioned Tony Robbins during that interview, and I'm someone who has read my fair share of personal development books, and I started doing it more than a decade ago, probably before the stigma surrounding the self-help section of a bookstore had completely evaporated. Given what was discussed during today's interview, I thought I'd share who my favorite self-help guru is. 
it's Brian Tracy. Before the experts industry developed and before social media was a thing, Brian Tracy was on the speaking circuit and he had written dozens of books. He has a compelling personal story and his focus on personal responsibility and self-discipline always resonated with me. Even though I'm not a fan of his prolific email marketing nowadays, I'm yet to find a book that he's written that I haven't enjoyed and I've read at least six of them that I can recall. On the other hand, when I tried to read Awaken the Giant Within last summer, which is Tony Robbins' breakthrough book, I only got through the first few chapters. I don't know if it was the length that put me off or if it was the writing style, but for whatever reason, I just couldn't get into it. The reason why I'm telling you this story is this. Don't let the fact that you have tried personal development and not liked one or two authors get in the way of your own personal and professional development. There are so many options out there now with so many modalities to consume content, like podcasts just being one, that I think there is definitely someone who will resonate with everyone. You've just got to find the voice that speaks to you. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening as always, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at CREsuccess.co. If you're interested in the flexible workspace boom happening across Australia, Hub Australia is one of the best operators with seven beautiful sites in four capital cities. They offer premium workspaces with desks, offices and suites and partner with landlords and corporate customers to provide and produce high quality workspaces, making sure their members love coming to work. If you have a client or partner looking for their next workspace or business opportunity, email hello at hubaustralia.com or visit hubaustralia.com.